You're learning about specialized pastoral ministry. My guest today joining me by phone, the Reverend David Ficken. He's pastor at Beautiful Savior Lutheran Church in Plover, Wisconsin, also serves as an emergency services chaplain in the community. Pastor Ficken, welcome. Uh, good afternoon. Glad to have some time to talk with you, learn more about specialized pastoral ministry and chaplaincy. Tell us about the congregation and the community where you serve, Beautiful Savior Lutheran Church in Plover, Wisconsin. Yeah, Beautiful Savior, a smaller congregation, uh, kind of a small town, um, a little bit rural, um, you know, so not huge metropolis, um, but a lot of you know bigger businesses and smaller businesses, as well as a, a rural farming. You know, we're in potato and, and cranberry country here in central Wisconsin. So a, a nice area in the middle part of the state. I'm very blessed uh, by uh, the congregation to be able to reach out into the community to the local police and fire departments, as well as the Portage County Sheriff's Office, as well, um, to support them in emergency services chaplaincy. What are the needs of emergency services when it comes to uh, a chaplain? What are the, the ways that you serve the community as a chaplain with emergency services? Probably the number one call out that we receive is helping the officers uh, deliver the bad news, uh, what's called a death notification. When someone has died in the home and family is present, or maybe uh, family is not there, or we receive news from another department in a different part of the country that a loved one has died, and we uh, go with the officers uh, to meet the family then and be with them in that time. Uh, with that news, uh, time to uh, be a source of comfort and peace uh, to, you know, help them through the initial shock, uh, but then also, you know, potentially afterward. What does that look like in as you serve as a parish pastor and also a chaplain? How do you, how do you balance those, or are they complementary? They're very complementary in the sense of, you know, providing pastoral care to people in need. You know, with the community and, and the different departments, uh, you know, they may or may not have a, a home church, uh, but we're called out as we serve kind of in one-week on-call periods, and we're able to then uh, go out as needed to visit with the families and support the departments also. And uh, the support for the department could be, you know, as needed. You know, someone might pull me aside as chaplain and they have a conversation, or maybe we'll meet for coffee uh, to help them out, uh, even with some personal things going on in their life. Um, you know, certainly the stress and strain of the job and emergency services, things that you know, a lot of the public really doesn't know or um, will never, ever see. Uh, but we're thankful for that kind of support, and, and they need the uh, care as well. So it's a blessing to reach out with the pastoral care that's provided to the members of the congregation in very much the same way when they come in with issues in their life and need help to walk through those uh, both you know, as we say, you know, uh, with the support of um, God's uh, law and grace, and depending on how that works, to, uh, you know, pray and be that support, uh, to call upon the Spirit for the strengthening of their faith, and certainly the uh, situation that they face in life, the, the needs that they have to face that. Paint a picture for me. Help me understand what this vocation of chaplain looks like, especially an emergency services chaplain. Um, tell me a, a story of, of uh, how you've served in this way. As mentioned, uh, the call-out is to you know sit with people in time of uh, huge grief and loss. It can be a call from another department. So the situation was where uh, a mother um, had, uh, we had to notify the mom at her place of business uh, that uh, her son uh, had died by suicide. And 
we went there. Uh, the human resources was extremely gracious, and we were able to, you know, sit with her and and um, you know provide the bad news. Uh, it was a, a blessing, though, as uh, kind of we all wrap around her together. Uh, not only in that moment, but then you know, in helping her uh, get home, uh, you know, taking her car home, even, uh, and you know, being with her in the moments after, and certainly the kind of the days and weeks ahead in follow-up meetings. And so it's just a you know incredibly difficult time, and what's very hard, of course, about that in any loss, uh, but certainly uh, in through suicide is just the um, overwhelming grief that is that spur of the moment loss when, you know, people had no idea it was coming and to, you know, be with them when the, the shock is just completely overwhelming, but to be that ministry of presence for them, uh, to be a source of compassion and comfort, uh, a source of peace, just in presence, um, in a face that can be there with them, but then also, you know, verbally being able to share Christ's peace. And the story that's my favorite is when Christ appeared to the disciples in the locked upper room in that time of their, uh, you know, insurmountable loss that they perceived, and to be that source of comfort, of grounding, um, of courage for the future, to be able to witness to them, uh, to share my hope at times um, as the occasion arises, as it fits, and then to follow up with them, to support them by, you know, connecting them to different support groups in the area. Um, as I mentioned, kind of showing mercy through helping ministries, um, you know, transportation of the, the extra car. Well, we've been working on the memorial service possibly and, and planning that and going through all those ramifications for their life to even things around the house that they might need help with uh, that maybe a spouse had done for them. And then ongoing conversations, you know, the blessing to get together in the weeks and months after that, even for coffee or uh, breakfast to just uh, be that additional support and and share the love of Christ with them. And so the challenge really is to, you know, sit sit with them in, in that just huge grief and loss and to share the joy that we have and uh, praying for the Spirit to um, open up the light of Christ to them in the, in the darkness that they face. How did it make a difference for, as you were sharing the story of the the woman who I believe lost her son to uh, death by suicide, how did it make a difference for her to, to have you there? It's having a face, you know, when she's removed her son, you know, lived in another city and had no opportunity obviously to ever talk to him again, but to have somebody there that she could talk to, uh, could lean on and uh, and could call you know, as needed, uh, 24-7. And so those follow-up conversations were helpful as well. I think it's just a, a face to, to be there and, and show comfort. You know, pe- people have mentioned that. You know, not not everything is always, you know, in words. And the support is just that they have that presence in the room with them uh, and other officers that might be there as well, you know, family and maybe good friends. You know, but that chaplain supplies uh, the spiritual support that, that they've really, really appreciated. What led you to consider this uh, this service, this vocation of uh, chaplain, emergency services chaplain? Probably initially I had heard about this through uh, the Peace Officer Ministries that uh, had been provided on campus in, at Concordia in, Sem- in St. Louis. And just this desire to reach out to the law enforcement uh, community, you know, with all that they face and all that they deal with, as well as the emergency services, you know, uh, fire and EMT that happens behind the scenes and they, you know, 
they're greatly impacted by what they see and to be able to support them in the stress and strain and then to be able to bring the the gospel to them and their hurts as well you know with the stress that takes a toll on their lives and families and be that support for them but then also the community it's a way uh, that we've been blessed as a congregation to if i say it's a share pastor so to speak i'm very blessed by the congregation to share pastor with the community and to reach a lot of the unchurched and de-churched people that aren't connected, but for that moment in that crisis, uh, to be the presence of Christ there with them in, in word and deed. So it's just a, a joy to be able to share and share the, you know, the pastoral skills uh, that I have in, you know, kind of my unique vocation that way, uh, separate from all the vocations of the congregation, but just unique to be able to provide that and reaching out to those different communities, the law enforcement and, and fire, and then the, the actual people living in our community, you know, outside the church that, uh, that we're connected to. Tell me about the, the education or formation that helped equip you to serve in this way as a chaplain. Some organizations that exist out there are, as I mentioned, already peace office or ministries, uh, POM, uh, they offer different conferences along the lines, especially through seminary, what it means to provide pastoral care in crisis, to other institutions like the um, ICPC, um, International Conference of Police Chaplains, to NIMS, which is National Incident Management. You know, when something really big happens, they're kind of the organization like FEMA that can come in and help organize all the entities on a site, on a scene and uh, pull together as well clergy that are qualified to be on that scene and help out in that way. Um, also, peer support classes to provide training to reach out to officers and EMT and fire you know, when they're going through a crisis because of an event and how do we help care for them. To then also uh, CISM, crisis intervention uh, training and that support, you know, again, um, Praying that, you know, those things don't happen in communities, but as we know around the, the nation, uh, they have and do and, and will, and how do we as clergy and the congregation reach out? And so those types of trainings offer the, the support needed for me as pastor to be able to then provide that kind of chaplaincy-type care. That's um, a, a long list of, uh, of organizations and resources to, to help you prepare for that. I, I gather it's, it, it's been a, a process rather than something you did all at one time. Yes, most definitely. I, I started just by reaching out to the different departments when I first uh, came to Plover, to Beautiful Savior, and then little by little attended conferences and attended classes, and sometimes, you know, one day or maybe a week. Uh, but I'd also um, have to uh, say hugely thankful for the CPE, the clinical pastoral education background I had during my vicarage as well, that really kind of fine-tuned pastoral care and what that looked like, too. So, uh, yeah, an ongoing process definitely over the years. And you get exposed to more and more training as those opportunities arise. But it's also, you know, the experience of, you know, sitting down with people, too, and, and being there and walking with them and, and supporting them. And to, you know, pass on, um, I like to pass this on to everybody, you know, just how it is to sit with people. You know, even if uh, your neighbor, you know, loses a loved one or a good friend of yours loses someone uh, to suicide, you know, how it is that we can sit with them and just be that calming presence to maybe slow things down. Um, one, uh, uh, one lady who had lost her husband um, just said it, it's just good to slow things down, that there's not an urgency. 
you know, to rush on the phone and let everybody know and, you know, kind of spread the news, so to speak, and, you know, feel the need to, um, you know, get the word out, but that we just slow things down, you know, find out who's there to support that person that they trust and just little by little let them kind of control that and as they can and uh, help to get the, the news out. So that way, you know, people aren't like a, a child, for instance, um, aren't caught um, completely off guard. Uh, but to really help them out with that peace and presence and uh, the calmness uh, that things aren't rushed. And so it's kind of a, a learning, like you say, learning over time and, and uh, being able to sit with people that have gone through things and hearing from them as well. And they're very thankful for um, those ongoing conversations with people too. Describe your most challenging day as a chaplain. Probably the, the time when someone, you know, just loses a, a loved one uh, totally by, um, by, uh, by shock, by um, when it's death by suicide, and that hits, hits them completely unawares. And it's just uh, really hard to, uh, you know, be in that moment when the, the grief is so overwhelming um, that... You know, just there's nowhere to go, so to speak. And and to be with them through that moment, but then also the next day when uh, we met again with the, the officer and the family, you know, to talk about the situation, where it happened. It's uh, a, a difficult time and also a very precious time and a privileged time. Um, I would call it almost a, a holy time, a holy moment uh, to, you know, walk with them through that. And so it's a matter of, you know, how do we separate ourselves? Um, it, it's difficult, of course, when there's a lot of pain and a lot of tears, uh, but to separate ourselves is we're there for the, the person in need. And, again, uh, to, to hold a hand, uh, to even offer a Kleenex, um, to uh, share Christ's love and peace. To someone who might be considering uh, chaplaincy, specialized pastoral ministry, uh, maybe to that seminary student or to that, that high school student or to the second career person, uh, what advice might you have for them as they consider uh, chaplaincy in the future? What what do they need to know perhaps about themselves or about this vocation? Well, it's a great way to get to know oneself. You know, how, who has God called us to be and, and how has he created us with our talents and abilities to have that uh, comfort, that uh, uh, compassion, I mean, and empathy uh, for people to have the desire to kind of hone and, and tune our pastoral care skills as we care for the flock, but also that joy of reaching out to those in the community uh, with really kind of that missional focus, that missional aspect of taking the gospel all past the, the four walls. And the pastor is uniquely blessed in that way with the pastoral skills and credentials to get into the departments uh, to be allowed in uh, to be able to do that. And I say kind of that heart for that, the heart to really look at oneself and say, hey, you know, how how has God called me to to reach out to them in that missional way and, and loving way and uh, desire to do so? And and in doing that, it's uh, a very, uh, as I said, privileged time and blessed time to walk with uh, different people. Um, it's been a blessing to officiate some weddings uh, for diff- the different departments, uh, even a funeral of a, a member of the fire department. You know, so in all that, it's a joy to share the blessings of the congregation 
you know, out in our community. My guest today, the Reverend David Ficken. He's pastor of beautiful Savior Lutheran Church in Plover, Wisconsin, and also serves as emergency services chaplain in the community. Pastor Ficken, thank you for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, blessings to you and the ministry there, certainly through the airwaves, and to um, all God's people. Thank you. Thank you.